Hey universe, the five minutes that are going to follow this, whatever, 30 second intro, um, are five minutes that I guess I didn't really remember recording until I started to, uh, set up the one that follows that's, I think, close to an hour. And, uh, so don't be surprised when the first five minutes don't feel at all like the next 45 to 50 minutes. That's really what happened. Why I'm giving this to you, I don't know, I give you everything. Especially my love. Bye! Okay, I can't let that opening sit. That just wound off too quickly into something nonsensical because I saw the number 33 coming. So instead of getting that far, I'm just going to leave you with... I've told you a million times not to listen. If the last, uh, what now, uh, 50 seconds doesn't prove that I'm talking the truth, then I don't know if you know what truth looks like. Stop. <sighs> Universe, why are you making me play that Breaking Bad episode with the fly? Oh, I think the flies are getting smarter. They're definitely getting harder to hit with a tennis racket. Um, and I wonder why they seem to be the same species, but they are way more nimble and evasive in their flying maneuvers particularly once they realize they're being attacked. Fucking flies, I hate them. But I don't murder them like mosquitoes because they don't really come after me. They just annoy the entire area in which I am currently existing. I guess they have that right. But then I have the right to play tennis with them. And if they didn't bring a racket, or they don't know what the ball looks like, or they don't realize that they're the ball... Well, it's not my fault. But having gotten much less uh, soft in their techniques for defense, well, I've given up on the one that's came, came after me from the corner above the light after I shut it off and turned the hall light on to tell him to get out of the bedroom. I would stop swinging the tennis racket at him. I knocked his little buddy down twice he's still motoring around on half a life but the the kingpin the one that actually perched himself into the corner to look at the situation to assess how he was going to save his life from what he knew was imminent death well i gotta say it's the first time i've ever stared down a fly or a fly has stared me down yeah that fly stared me down and frankly I was a little hypnotized. I wonder how many eyes he was looking at me with. I wonder if that's real. Ugh. I wonder so many things, because who tells us the truth anymore? Well, I tell you the truth, and that's why it sucks to tell you that, oh, fuck, I gotta get in the shower. I gotta be at work in, like, half an hour. Uh, really, it's 37 minutes. And <clears throat> I already worked eight hours today. I got off at 2.45. I'm now going to be back at 9, so this six-hour break where I was gonna take a nap, I never got a nap in. So now I gotta work till 5.30 in the morning and then bike home and then pass out if I had to guess. But I might have that adrenaline uh, kick that you get when you least deserve it, um, which could lead me back to recording. But since I knew this was the hmm, third quarter break uh, where they're gonna go to an official TV timeout, I thought, okay, I'll give you three and a half four minutes with the local news of what the fuck 
going back to Home Depot feels like. And it, it's, number one, you have to know that when I left, I gave every single person I worked with a goodbye card, a thank you card. I thanked them for something that had happened in the year that I had worked there that made me appreciate them. Um, and I did that for everybody. So there was a lot of unexpected um, um, kindness from the least likely candidates. And the real uh, dagger here is the older the person was, the more it meant to them, which just makes me realize how lonely people are just for someone to reach out and say they're appreciated because it was slanted toward the senior citizens who came up to me and wanted to give me a hug or told me they put it in their locket box or all this other kind of crap. Right. I mean, literally it turned into a project that was way out of scale or scope that I never should have undertaken. But once I was involved, I just fucking finished it. And so Today was a lot of me saying, uh, well, I'm glad you took it so to heart. I wish I remembered what I wrote, but I'm sure you'll tell me sooner or later. I wasn't saying that part. I was kind of thinking that part, but I wrote 150 something of these. So I don't really remember what I wrote to Brent or to McDad or to frankly about half the people, if not 75%. And that's not, a bad thing. It was a crush of creativity all at once. Of course, that's basically lost into the ether of thank you cards. Okay, that's my light. I gotta go. Bye. Well, hello, universe. It's almost 6 a.m. here on the 1st of August. I've only been up since 2.30, so I've seen almost all of August. I missed a couple hours early on. But uh, so far, my impression is pretty good. I think this month's going to work out. In fact, I'm so mm, full of myself, overconfident, in a mood to set myself up for failure, that I'm going to commit to daily recordings again in August. July... Uh, due to various factors from weather to personal uh, uh, investigations, just recording took a back seat. Hell, it, it got out of the car for a while. Uh, and uh, having realized that that there's purpose here that the regimen of routine creates, uh, I intend to revisit my quasi-commitment to myself of recording my daily thoughts. I, to be honest, think I got a little caught up in trying to present something of value in every recording, which is impossible, I think, for me. Because there's no approach here in which to consistently draw value I don't have that much of interest on which to pontificate. Ergo, uh, 
I'd rather just, I don't know, diary dump. I don't even know what to describe daily recordings as. Because at some point, you'll just have to hit the record button and say shit. Because you don't really know what to say. And then you just, God knows what comes out of your mouth. Um, but having lost a little continuity here in July, I'm missing something. I'm missing my own reflection of how I'm organized against the values I'm trying to create in my life versus the execution of it actually manifesting. Daily accountability reports, as it were, if this were the movie Moon. Wait, I don't know that they were called accountability reports, but that is a really good movie, and I won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, although it's a 30-year-old movie. Um, Having been essentially the arch nemesis of my life, that being structured organizational routines, uh, maybe at 54 I finally can appreciate why they have to be in certain uh, certain what necessities of your life. There are ways that I guess you always know brushing your teeth daily is better for you than skipping a month or two. But doing something for yourself that's almost hmm, um, I guess indulgence the word that came to mind, but I don't know if it's the right one. This feels selfish. Of all the things that the world doesn't need, it doesn't need me explaining why I'm having trouble uh, getting my dog uh, clipped and trimmed around her bajajay. And yet, that is one of the more pressing issues in my life right now. So, if that is the level of spew which I would be presenting to you, well, much like these four and a half minutes, you're just sitting there thinking, uh, what else do I have that I want to listen to? And did I download this or am I streaming this? Whatever it is, stop. I can't hit the stop button. Ah, the stop button's like five times bigger than the pause button. Pause button is tough to hit. Stop button should be a no-brainer. But maybe that's just the universe telling me I'm not supposed to Stop here? I'm just supposed to pause? Alright, well, I'll find something to say. Okay, let's start with this. I actually have a list. That should be the name of the next round. I actually have a list. Or where's my list? Never mind. Um, I wonder now if the whole reason that compulsive card project occurred was that at this exact moment, I was going to need a rather wide but sincere, not deep at all, but sincere base of support karmically. I wonder if August isn't going to be full of failure for me. I think it might be. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. And I don't even mean failure like, oh my God, uh, my dog died and my uh, car was stolen and, and my, uh, what else would be a silly fail? 
uh, and my uh, fence fell down. Okay. All of those are issues, right, if they happen. But that's not failing. Failing is setting a, a specific measure against which you will then perform and reflect how close to the measure you came. Now, if your measure was drastically misinterpreted, that can be an issue that isn't seen until final results spill in and you think, wow, why were we even measuring that when this was the whole critical variable that should have been being uh, uh, attended to? Well, that even isn't a failure because what you do is you see how to properly assess the the scenario so that your data set represents true solution, not misdirection. So failing is literally doing something so poorly that you have to redo it or you have to give up or, and what I, when I say, I think I might fail this month, I know this is the month that I'm going to go up on the lion's lair stage. It, this, and it will be the last Monday of the month. Let's be honest. Today's a Tuesday. So the last Monday of the month is going to be the 28th. The fact that the day is the 28th is perfect. It's eight days after my mom's birthday. I'm guessing it's the week before football starts. If there's ever a week in which my life has always felt like it's about ready to flip into a new stage of enjoyment, this week might be the week. And August is a month that <clears throat> the, the, we've, we've moved past June. July has nothing but fourth. So family obligations have been waning. And now we all get back together for my mom's birthday on the 20th. Which is honestly usually one of the better holidays of the year for us. Because everyone has gotten through the fucking static of whatever upset them and put them on a new tangent of, God, nuclear families are fucking crazy in June that washes out in July by the time August 20th rolls around it's like hey yeah let's uh, set up golfing and why don't we do dinner afterward and if mom's up for it let's take her to a movie pretty soon you're spending 14 hours with everybody and now you're ready like for Christmas to be four months away but <clears throat> that day in August uh it's funny how I've never really thought about the rhythms that you're in and how your calendar works. Whatever it is that you're obligated to as a human being on the planet, whether it be a work anniversary or whatever, it's, it's not Christmas and St. Patrick's Day and Mother's Day that always are the best holidays. Sometimes it's one kid's birthday that just falls right in the right spot for everybody to be in a good or gregarious mood. And this August 20th, maybe that's been my mom's gift all along. I always thought it was weird. Like, it's perfect that my dad's birthday is an outlier. He's a fucking outlier. But my mom's birthday summing up the summer. It always felt like she should... Well, she gets Mother's Day in May that really kicks off this whole fucking mess. So I guess she opens and closes the season. I've never really looked at it that way. And the season is tumultuous. There has been a lot of great championship runs, but we've also had seasons that were just, forget about it. And this year, I think, and I know this is for me personally, but walking through my family uh, 
gauntlet of holiday celebrations and birthdays and forced Hallmark days and all those things. And Flag Day, Flag Day, Bastille Day. Um, if, if the gamut isn't something that exists in your life, well then, maybe there's no sense of turn of the, the season. Actually, if there's a new year for our family, it's from, I'm saying, Labor Day on. Our, our New Year's Day is Labor Day. This is kind of like, everybody at this point is kind of summing up how things have gone and what they want to do next. I even spent today, uh, well, I spent today showing off all my sweet-ass vintage bicycle finds for ungodly good prices. Uh, and it was fun. Like, it was show and tell with my parents at 54. And they're in their 80s. And yet it felt like any average afternoon I would have in life at any time just enjoying my parents' company. And their... Their lack of social options, to me, has become my newest and greatest pursuit for the year. I want to finish this year doing two things for my parents. One is taking them each individually out of their house, bringing them wherever I can get them to go, and saying, hey, how's life going for you? In other words, I, I feel that the generated stress that the 60 years of marriage that they have endured can leave them in when routines and uh, schedules and doctor's appointments become the driving force of your life. They, they are looking to, they, they want to become a pond on which you can see no ripple. They just want peace. They want no wind. They want no camp truck pulling up. They certainly don't want a school bus of junior high school kids coming over to do biology experiments on the pond's edge. They want tranquility and absolute stillness. And uh, I respect that. They have earned it. And if this was something that I thought was a culmination of so much activity that now we must pause and slow the fuck down? Well, I have to pause, so hold on, I'm about to cough. Okay, I don't know where that cough came from, but... Uh, ah, Sandy, a sweet water, man. You have conquered my tickle in my throat one more time. My, my concern here is that... And I, I, I see this a lot more with my mom. But at some point in life, if you tell yourself, I'm losing my balance, then you'll never go on a bicycle again. And if you are losing your balance, really having vertigo episodes, of which I've had maybe four. And what a vertigo episode is like, if you've never had one, uh-oh, pause. Um... Imagine the, uh, if you think of fainting, like, but not the immediate kind, but the sort of delirious kind, vertigo feels like that. Like, you're all of a sudden losing orientation of the, of the 
immediate surroundings to the point that the, the worst had ever happened to me. I actually did go down and knock, knock myself out or whatever happened. I was found in my dad's lobby at his office unconscious. And all I remember before it happening, I even describe it as fainting, but I was headed to the bathroom and I had been there maybe 15 minutes. We had, we had gone to pick up my dad and then I think we were going out to dinner. And, it, and so it was probably a Friday night and he's finishing shit up. My mom's back there and I'm waiting and ha- not interested in anything that's in the environment. And so I couldn't be in, in more of a regular mode. I walked to the bathroom and as I turned the corner coming out of the, the sort of back area to the main lobby, uh, I just remember thinking it was like, it was as if all of a sudden everything was, was moving uh, without structure, like some sort of dreamy, everything just billows. And, and I remember thinking how bright it had gotten above me. Like, and I thought that was because I was looking at the light and that's the last thing I remember. I just remember all the disorientation and I don't remember hitting my head or anything. I didn't have a sore head. So I don't even think I knocked myself out. I think I fainted. And (laughs) so when they found me, which was like a good seven or eight minutes later, they really didn't even notice I was gone till I had been gone for a while enough that they thought, well, where'd he go? I thought he went to the bathroom. So somebody just came to check on me and found me in the, so I was down for all of less than 10 minutes, but they woke me up in the traditional, Hey, 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 are you okay? And that's what I remember coming to. And they said they were, they were starting to worry that something might've like, I might really be hurt or dead or instead of play acting, which is, I think what they thought initially, which they should have. I'm not saying that's bad. So other times that this has happened, I've had a similar disorientation start and then recovered myself enough that it goes away. And I've had enough of a, another episode to actually have to grab a chair and sit down, which didn't even solve the vertigo until a couple seconds later when by holding the arms of the chair, I could recover my sensibility. So, and I say that this has happened four times in my life. That seems about right but it could be six, it could be 11. And I just have very minor episodes that I don't even notice. Like I'll get disoriented on all kinds of uh, (laughs) levels, Uh, but physically for sure. And, uh, and why am I talking about vertigo? Why am I even bringing this up? Hmm. Maybe I should pause and think about what I'm talking about. All right, no idea why I'm talking about Virgo. Sorry about that. But I do remember that I was talking about failure. <clears throat> and huh, getting on the Lions Lair stage on the 28th of August will be a moment of... Hmm. Measurement. Fair, purposeful measurement. And... Uh, huh, I haven't had something on the calendar that mattered to me hmm, since college? Probably after that. Probably my 20s. Maybe even my 30s. But certainly not in my 40s. So here we are in my 50s with what would maybe be the biggest red circled date thinking forward certainly in 15 to 20 years but maybe in my life. So, uh,
Yeah, I'm just, like, graduating college might be the only other thing I can compare the anticipation here for. And that wasn't, I mean, you just, that's always coming. Like, it's just part of the ritual. You just go through the process. This is, this is, uh, hmm, this is creating a meaningful destiny for your own life. I mean, I don't mean to over-exaggerate what my drive here is. Obviously, life can not be resting on my performance at an open mic night in late August. But personal goals that have this much mm, carryover and potential future effect, <clears throat> I've never been very good about treating them uh, with the Hmm. the revenants they deserve, or I'm always okay flying by the seat of my pants. I think somehow in my head, I believe I'm really good at that. <laughs> and the, the truth of it may be that I am, but the bigger truth of it is there is so much pressure to perform those moments with some level of of win that it's a stressful way to live. Being prepared for something, even if you fail, it's better than failing because you didn't prepare. So, I don't know if I really believe that. I said it and I immediately thought, do I even think that? Um, but I do think in this case that's true. And a daily um, report to myself as to how what I sort of quasi-planned out here as my route to the 28th, how that all goes down. Well, maybe that's... It could be... Uh, all the appreciation that I am receiving right now, which is obviously overwhelming. Um, it could be that I'll need that in August. <laughs> that will be me up. I'm not trying to laugh this moment off. I don't know why I'm getting sentimental about it. Sometimes I think I'm having emotions reverberating from the future. And I, I don't even know how to explain it. But uh, if I can stop being weepy. Uh, and I, no, in no way do I think this portends that there's negative energy around August 28th. I think I have... <clears throat> my first milestone in what I still consider to be the rest of my life journey. This is just a marker at which I can assess how much return the time investment I'm giving here is heading in a direction that needs to maintain versus how much I might need to tack differently. It, this just will be what level of base zero performer am I? Here's a month to figure it out so that I give myself the best chance 
to perform well at the place where it matters the most. Including going to that improv class. I'll have to, or not improv class, but that there's a, a class I'll have to go to in prep for this. And frankly, I'm not ready to go there tomorrow night, but I got to be ready to go there next week or, or at the latest the week after. So there's enough time to bring in whatever um, qualitative criticism that presents. All of these things I've already figured out. It's just a reminder to myself that this is going to matter so much that there will be no excuses. You just have to execute. Okay, I'm listening. Um, And that's something I should write. I'm going to go write that somewhere that it needs to be seen daily. Hang on. All right. Oop, hang on. I'm going to go blow my nose while I'm up. Okay. Um, you know, here in America, if there is one phrase that I would bet all of us have used as a pep talk against our fucking doubts, it's no excuses. Um, but maybe that's just the boys. I don't know if the uh, women even can think like that. And I know I got into this a little bit recently, but the separate brain functionalities and system processes between men and women. It's like, to use a, a geeky technical term from 2013, it'd be like if you had Linux and um, Python applications just not quite able to cooperate. That's how it can feel. Like, we're running the same goddamn software. We're executing the same programs. But we do it through different thinking processes. And while those are congruent in 95%, if not 98% of instances, what isn't is starting to become territory that fascinates me. And, And finding why we've been leveraged to separate in ways that are removing identity identity platforms on which we used to reside so easily. And why this fascinates me is because I, I think it's triggered to the loss of meaningful, purposeful life that I think we all suffer some sense of, well, I bet at the end of this one, the best grade I'd even give myself is going to be a C, not a D. I mean, I don't think I'm failing, but I wouldn't give myself an A. That kind of resignation or just failure to launch into something that on the day of your final demise, not only do you know you earned an A, you're not quite sure if this isn't the best A-plus round you've had yet. Well, I don't think we're in a world situation that can allow any of us to have that outcome. Well, maybe 10 of us. Um, But if there really are 8 billion of us, those odds are way stacked against all of us to become one of the 10. But I do think B and B-plus lives are now just around the corner. And that would be a huge improvement for everybody just to have that level of tranquility. 
I don't think we all want that fucking still pond. But I know none of us really want a bunch of 7th graders over tugging at our fucking edge. Asking, well, what's a water skipper? And what's what's a butt? Whatever. Pick your own annoyance. That level of grief doesn't have to be sustained throughout your life in a way that is uh, destructive or even just deflating. We can have those 7th graders go somewhere completely different. That problem doesn't even need to exist. And yet, instead of taking what our peripheral nonsense currently is composed of and reducing it, we just don't even have our eye on the fucking ball. I never could have envisioned humanity being so far strewn off course for what? For for money? I mean, is it money? Or is it just, this is what power does. I guess we, we are suffering in America the current fall of the empire structure, as it were. And again, what fascinates me most about these, uh, and this could all be fucking urban legend horseshit, who knows. But I've heard it from more sources than three. Which could mean we're all repeating the same goddamn stupid lie that somebody told 25 years ago. But supposedly, uh, in the study of civilizational collapse, especially empire collapse, the elevation of the culinary expertise and the, um, the last, I think, indulgent space in which people find refuge is food. We all need food. Without food, we die. And so you leave yourself with the (laughs) idea that while Rome was burning, the only thing you could still think might be pure enough not to be contaminated is the preparation of your favorite meal or whatever. Food is a refuge where all of us must at some point reside. And somewhere in the structural psyche of humanity, that's an interesting point. That we allow that small little kernel of commonality to become a focal point of cultural emphasis as the rest of it is dissolving for reasons nobody gives a shit to fix. But have you tried the imported uh, ciabatta? That is some of the best ciabatta I've ever ciabatted. Um, which, as someone who's now, what am I eating lately? It's rice and beans. That's the staple. I eat rice and beans sometimes for seven straight meals. But when I get tired of rice and beans, I make myself a peanut butter and honey sandwich. When I get tired of that, I eat yogurt. And is that all I'm eating right now? Oh, and pasta. Pasta and sauce. Um... And grilled vegetables. That's it. And I drink a lot of water, and I have these sweet watermelon sandia sodas. Which, I gotta say, the sugar kick on those things is legit. Especially for biking. Um, To the point I'm carrying one around in my bag. Except, guess what? The stupid can blew open in my bag, and it didn't blow open like the can got punctured. No. The can literally... Uh, compromised. The top 
whatever, <laughs> the, the piece that must go on last when they cap it came loose. Just released from the top. <laughs> I've never seen a can do that in my life. And uh, why does the universe keep showing me that shit is getting shittier? I think I'm supposed to be working on that, but having a can... And I'm literally standing on the light rail, and all of a sudden, I am I feel dripping down my fucking butt. And I'm thinking, <gasps> I'm thinking I'm being peed on or something. I'm like only one of nine people on the light rail, too, so of course my immediate reaction was wrong. But no, this can has loosened itself to the point that now it's just... Uh, releasing 12 ounces of sticky fluid into my, uh, shoulder bag. Yeah, a can got compromised by nothing. Awesome. Um, so, okay, universe, yeah. And this is always a good moment for reflection against how much you can get out of fixing shit and making it work again. In a world full of things that are breaking, sustaining something's life, will give you a lot of pleasure, especially if you can then put it to use. Which, every bicycle that I bring into even a slightly better condition and ride slightly better makes me feel proud of the little bit of work I did to make the world better that day. Even if I'm going to pass that bicycle along, I'm passing it along in better condition than I got it. You keep doing that with your karma and stuff like that starts to return and you start getting things in way better condition than you deserve to see them. It's just how the world works. So never, ever think that passing something along that will get put into use is anything but great for you. And it, it is great for you. I gotta pause. Hang on. Okay. A little check-in on where the fucking shit is uh, logistically. This is episode 349. So tomorrow's 350. And then the day after that'll be 351. And there is an episode coming up, 369, that... Might be, if I were to pick the number, it would probably be 314, if we're being honest. But 369 would be a consideration for the overall number one most important sequence number of the first 1,000, of the triple digits. Um, I know people don't think like this, but I do. And so, to me, I am currently 20 episodes away from what I might consider the most uh, geometrically aligned episode... I'll have of the first thousand. So that 369 episode is like my episode 500. Um, and not that episode 500 won't have some cachet, just because I grew up in a 10-digit world. Of course it will. But 369 has universal cachet. And 500 has, you know, IMDB cachet. So in the realm of preparing for this um, this process that puts my 369th episode on my mom's birthday. So again, I didn't realize this until 15 seconds ago. And if you're watching the universe line stuff up for you, your intuition with what you should do versus the fallout outcome, the peripheral stuff that you just start to perceive as you go through the process, all feels like it's lining up correctly. It's like I said when I rolled into Home Depot and 
never even got off my bike before I had my job back. It's a sign that that was the time for you to be there without having to friction your way through the initial or the reactive part because you were too early or too late. You showed up exactly on time. The universe was ready for you. You were ready for the universe. The opportunity sat there. Don't disregard how flow in your life can sustain you through a whole bunch of stuff you're trying to get done. Having recognized that August may be a disappointing month in my overall goals about life, but that I've got buoyancy around me in just a shallow pool of wide support, I will drink in some of that support that I would normally deflect or even run away from, knowing that it may be the one reservoir that gets tapped the most. So having it overfilling this month is okay. It's okay if I even make myself a little bit the center of attention in situations to be ready to be the center of attention in a situation that don't matter. I'm not one to do these kinds of things because I don't like to ever create attention for myself. I will deflect every compliment I ever get unless it's something truly sincere in which I will recognize that. But the nonsense chatter we give each other all day long, I'm always like, nah, you tell yourself that. That's more important. Shit like that is not going to happen in August. I'm going to receive as much as I can take in to survive whatever I may have to weather at the end of the month. So, I've never thought like this. <laughs> I've never even remotely thought like this. I'm just noting that. And there were four points I wanted to get back to after the last recording. Um, <laughs> and seven words that I forgot were that I wanted to explore for comedy that I need to get in my comedy notebook. But, ironic, really? Okay. I'm not even sure what I said that uh, caused this to be the number one response to the last episode. But I remember thinking... Oh, now I do actually remember. So my friend who had the moment of, of uh, woe is already over all that. And one of the weird things about getting to know somebody at a level in which you actually care about their deeper life, the one that might be inching downward over the course of a decade, but by the end of that decade, they're going to be a completely miserable person. If they could just see that little bit of slippery slope, they're starting to slide down now and stop it. They could save themselves a whole decade of waste. You don't know who those people are until you actually have seen them basically embrace the decline. And I thought this person, I thought this person was prone to embracing that decline. I, in the last 24 hours have redirected my entire impression of this person to the point that I'm thinking, boy, do I have something to learn here? Like, maybe I don't allow myself to wallow in a way that actually gives something back because there was a sense of, of uh, progress that was somewhat self-pity motivated. I've never seen anything like it. Like, self-pity to me is one of the most toxic uh, modes I can see another person in. And <clears throat> because there's always something you could be doing, which will always make you feel less self-pity-able. 
So if you're there, it's to me like you bottomed out because now you want people to feel sorry for you. And unless you're in a situation where you have no options, then that to me is at least as far as you should come before you start raising a hand. So I'm saying this person never actually raised a hand. I just assumed they were by the way that they were manifesting this issue. But no, this was how they fully flushed it out of their system is to, in some ways, play a victim role enough to get over it. it it's, a, it's a completely new mechanism of coping with stress and unexpected outcomes that I've never seen before, never even heard of before, but obviously this person was well lubed in their reaction to the situation at hand because I don't think there was any friction now from having gone through a process that to me would have just reinforced the negatives of everything that could exist. So how do I know that this person had stepped fully out of it? Well, they contacted me and asked me for to borrow a keyboard if I had one, an electric piano. Having connections to professional musicians, not me, not me, this other human. Um, there's been a reservoir of of uh, of peace and um, sanctuary inside of musical notes. One of the things that we have in common. When I get really stressed out, I want to go practice ragtime or uh, if I'm well healed enough, um, some traditionally classic music, classical, um, or Star Wars, let's be honest. The point is, or Charlie Brown, there are a couple ways that just making music changes your day. And when she asked for a musical instrument, I thought, again, just like all the stress I was feeling for this person spilled out of me immediately. I knew she already had solved her problems. And then the only problem she has now is to figure out how John's going to find the fucking power cord. Because why would put it anywhere except with... Oh, and my Windows system shuts itself down again. Thank you. Thank you, Kitty. Um, I wonder how much work I just lost. I don't even want to think about it. Um, <clears throat> the, the... So... It was ironic that I thought I had to intervene in someone's life to get them in a situation where maybe they'd have enough strength to ask for a musical instrument or not ask, pardon me, to allow my suggestion of a musical instrument to potentially make their list of possibilities. Not embrace it, but think about it. Give it a chance. Maybe maybe a keyboard in the living room and a little time singing some of your favorite uh, songs from the day would just give you a place to exist happily for 25 minutes or an hour. Those points of sanctuary that we create for ourselves, I think have a lot of value. And I think if you find one, recognize you have one. Know that this is a way I almost always feel better. And if it's video games, why? Why is it? Why is it that that is the activity that you feel creative within or s somewhat uh, serene through engaging? 
because I love video games, but they don't give me tranquility. They are me wanting to hide from whatever my current problems are. But I'm sure whoever is listening to this, which you shouldn't be doing, your version of what video games do is probably different. All right. Circumstances avoided. Uh, what did I mean by that? Uh, I don't know. I didn't really avoid... I'm not really avoiding much. I'm going to have to re-listen to that episode and figure out what that means, because that one's intriguing enough. Well, did you... Oh, now you've died. Okay. Uh, two days. Really? What was I going to do in two days? Boy, oh boy, do these notes not make sense. Boy, I apologize. Could this be worse? I don't know. I don't think it could. Well, then let's end with the concentrates. Boy, I'm going to end with weed three times. Should I do that? No. Instead, let's end with one of these thoughts from my original list. Because I see saving humanity on here again, and grandiose though that be, I actually have doubled down on that (laughs) since the last time I wrote that down. Because I start now to understand how just being encouraging can save humanity. And what do I mean here? I mean... I now find the biggest win I can have with somebody is for them to reveal a little bit of their real self that they didn't intend to reveal to me. And this motivates me socially now, probably more than it should. But even with with my good friends, I I will start to notice if we're opening a door of territory that might be a little sensitive for either one of us. Um but might offer be an opportunity for a connection that's real um, and not close that down. If, if I think it's me that might be opening the door to have a real moment. I had a moment talking to my friend again about my dad that I hadn't even realized till I was spitting it out. It's like I was writing in a diary and all of a sudden some emotions were clearing up where, because I've really, um, I've really had, um, I usually am a little wound up by something with my dad. And by this, I mean, it's almost like if you ever lick a nine volt battery, which I don't recommend you do, but that sense of electricity, it's discomforting. That's about the level of friction that is usually the undercurrent of how I feel around my dad. And it's been missing for months. And I was explaining this to my friend, like, do you tell your parents things like this? I I don't know. Like, I don't want them to think, uh, I'm, I don't know. And the one I've got from my mom is, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. When asked what I wanted for my birthday, I said, I don't want anybody to get me anything. I want you all to go take five to 10 pictures of something from Denver that reminds you of something we did. And then write a note on it, either on the back of the picture and put them in an envelope or however you want to do it. But just a little note as to what it is that you remember. And the only one who did it was my mom. And I have elevated her little booklet now to being the number one thing that I would want to save in a fire. Because I've never read it. And I never intended to look at any of this stuff until... I needed to 
in either remembering them. I didn't expect my parents to both live to be 80-something. Not uh, saying that I'm complaining at all. But, you know, I started thinking how could I have something important if I wanted my mom to speak to me after there would be no physical opportunity for that. And now that I have that, and I only have it from her, well, it's easily one of the most important things in my life. If not the most important thing in my life. Because the only other thing I was thinking would even make the list for sure, well, the mattress. Oh, God. But the mattress can be replaced with exactly the same fucking mattress. (laughs) I've never slept better, and I've been sleeping on this mattress for six years, and the 50, 48 years before that were miserable. Getting a good night's sleep is one of the most important things you can do in your life. If you're not getting one, you should figure it out. I didn't know this until I actually started getting one. Um, All that said, I also have a Star Wars lunch pail box of photos that I've also thought would be the thing to save in a fire, and it still would be. But I've seen those photos a thousand times. I can almost picture the ones in there that matter the most in my head with clarity like a slideshow. So if those got lost in a fire, I wouldn't lose as much by thousands as I would if my mom's booklet got lost. So not only did I realize that that had become the number one thing, I found it and put it in a place where, well, if the house burns down, this is the least likely thing to, uh, to be, uh, torched. So this is where it will be the most protected. And then I put it inside like a, metal box that I have. Um, Not that that would do enough, but I even thought I, I would at least like to have treated that with the respect it deserves, given how I now see that in a life full of not many keepsakes, well, I do have one. 